I mean, should we just hit record, Tom, and see what happens? Yeah, let's start recording right now. Wow. How's it going, recorded. everyone? <laughs> you uh, you're talking to the do? podcast audience, but they're not here. Yeah, they are. They're out They're out there. <laughs> they're out there somewhere, this is like dude. like Pump Up the Volume. Did you ever see that movie? I don't think I did. Do you know what it is? I think we talked about that before. Is we that did. the one, the pirate it's kind radio? Of like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it kind of predicts podcasts. It's like a predecessor to that shit. Well, because he's doing his own like show, like pirate radio show out of his basement. And then they like shut him down because they're like, they don't like his message. And then he's kind of like, you know, keep this alive, like keep talking, you know, don't let them stop you. And then at the end, you hear a lot of people starting their own pirate radio show. So it's kind of like, it's actually a really good movie. That's I need to, I need to watch it. Slater. Yeah. Well, because I talked about this in my pod last week about how like Conan is shifting to HBO Max and it's like podcasts to some extent are bringing something of a death knell to the late night show. Oh, arena, yeah, definitely. Right? Conan's going to HBO. Yeah. HBO Max. Like the, the reruns or. No, he's I think it's a new it's a new show. It's a new incarnation. Oh, I yeah, bought you some incarnations, mean, by yeah, the way, because I mean, who fucking watches those shows anymore? Right. Who cares? I try to watch the Tonight Show, and it's just like I don't. Yeah, I never liked. Are just I never like liked him. Temp, like tepid. I stopped watching those years ago. Yeah, I like when he does the Twitter thing. He gives the audience, the viewers, like a, a Twitter game when they write in with like real things that have happened to them. That can be really funny. Oh, but when I've he's just commenting that. on world events, like ah, dude. I don't know. Yeah, talk shows are definitely not a thing like they used to be. Yeah. And it's like, who cares? Like, they're interviewing people. And it's like, who cares? Like, you can hear all these celebrities on, on podcasts. What would you so, do if you, if you were given a TV show on HBO, a 30-minute show, and they were like, Tom McCaffrey, you can do whatever you want with this. We're not going to check it. You don't have to run it by the, the, the suits. Any show? Yeah. What would you do? Like, I would do, like, a, like a narrative show. Like a, oh, like scripted? Yeah, I would do, like, a scripted show. Like a I drama? I would do... No, no. I would I have a I actually have thought I've written like a couple of pilots that I thought were pretty funny. Um uh one of them was uh I had this idea where it was these uh two lawyers and one guy like loses his job as a lawyer at like a big firm and so he starts his own entertainment law firm with this new younger woman who's like a new lawyer and they um, represent kind of like train wreck clients who get into like bad situations, you know, and like they kind of get off clients who have got like people in showbiz who have gotten into like bad legal situations, you know, like, uh, like river Phoenix. I'm just kidding. It's obviously a super <laughs> old reference and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think his was a legal situation that, oh, that he true. died. No, like, you know, like it would be, you know, like, um, like making fun of like train wreck celebrities, like, like Lindsay Lohan or yeah. not her, but like someone who's like a, an 18 year old teen star who's like an alcoholic and like maybe they, they, there's video of her beating someone up or something drunk. Right. They like, would have to get her. Off. The first one I wrote was like, this crazy rapper guy gets in trouble for like biting some guy's tongue off or something. Jesus, dude. Just something crazy because he's like crazy. But the whole thing is that they, they, they're really good. They're kind of like, they're not Johnny Co Cochran, but they're kind of like, so like every week you could kind of have a different like story with like a new, like crazy celebrity. You know what I mean? That's cool. Is it like a procedural where like this case is wrapped up by the end of every show? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it'd be like funny. Like I'm trying to think of uh I don't know, like but I wrote a, a script for it. I thought it was pretty funny. You wouldn't do it make yourself as the centerpiece of the show where you were like presenting your own act in some way? Well, I mean, this would when I wrote it, I thought I'd be I'd be one of the people in it, but it wouldn't be like me. Um, okay. I don't know. I haven't really Do you mean like a talk show or I don't know. Like, I was just trying to think if you had like carte blanche, what would you do, you know? I mean, that was one idea I had. I had another one I thought was funny. Wait, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. So, you know, the, the, there's there's a third, I think it's a third season of uh, Master of None. But yeah. Aziz is just like the writer and the the, the main characters are yeah. a black couple. You know about this? 
I think yeah, he's like I've he's read re- about it. Does he, he did he have to? He chose to re- remove himself from the show because of the controversy in the yeah, past. Yeah, is that that's why he did that, right? Yeah, totally. He felt like he couldn't be perceived as. I a, think like, it's like kind of a very um, deliberate move of like, let's let me ease my way back in so people don't get like pissed off. You know, right. it's kind of a brilliant idea because right. it's kind of like. Yeah, I'm back, but not really. Well, he did that special after the after the troubles, as they say yeah, in Northern that's Ireland. True. But still, I think it was like, okay, well, let me just kind of slide in, but because they weren't going to do that show for a while, they were going to not do it. Yeah, I was surprised to see it back. I think it was kind of like, I bet you his people. I think it was a very deliberate like PR move. Like, how can we have the show come back and I come back, but? not overwhelm people i guess yeah um i never watched that show is it good i watched the first season it was good i th- I liked it i thought it was a good uh honest look into dating is that what it's about it's about dating yeah it's about him uh dating in new york i can't really remember and then he oh and then second season he goes to italy to learn how to make pasta and then he dates a girl over there oh it's basically a, a like dating show oh <laughs> Well, from the story I heard, he's he's not that good at dating. <laughs> <laughs> What's your second idea for a show? It was, um, but it wouldn't be me. I had this idea where it was like this kind of asshole movie star guy that like is really successful. But he's kind of a dick and everyone kind of like, like a lot of people kind of don't like him, but secretly, you know, that no one's like shitty to his face because he's so powerful and big. And so... He goes undercover in jail because he's researching a new like role for a movie or something. And uh, while he's in jail, he like accidentally kills like someone like totally by accident. So he really gets sentenced to jail. So then the the show is like this movie star like in jail and like how his life completely like bottoms out and he has to like. Yeah, he's a total like baby pampered movie star, but he has to just be in jail and it's like hard. And everyone that like, kind of like turns on him. These both sound like really like entertaining ideas. I wrote that one and I pitched it to True TV and like I think I sent it um I did. My my friend opens for David Spade and David Spade read it. He really? liked it, but he wasn't he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. That's fair. Yeah, it's called movie jail. Cuz you know that's a an industry term when someone Oh yeah has a few bombs right they put them in movie jail like they can't get apart right dude i got a story for you what i watched this interview with seth rogan and he does it count as podcasting if you just tell stories you i know elsewhere? Like, yeah yeah <laughs> but it is interesting i, don't think, I mean how many people watched this interview what you listened to him on another podcast this is on howard stern yeah so he uh when he did the green hornet nick cage wanted to be on it and then they went to nick cage's house and they assume that they're going to talk about like how he would be integrated into the plot. Nick Cage had this idea that he would like tattoo hair on his bald head and be like a Jamaican, a white Jamaican guy, which I'm sure that exists, but he wanted to have like this Jamaican accent, a typical Jamaican accent and just did this launch into this Jamaican accent. And they were like, you know, that seems like racially fraught to do that. Right. And then, and then they said, well, you know, I'm not sure if that really works with the theme. And then he just got all like sullen and then excused himself and left. But that oh, was really? his, yeah, that was his contribution. Was a, like a borderline racist character. But and then I I saw something. Didn't he? <laughs> no, we didn't, can't do that. But wasn't there? I read something where like he, then he accused James Franco of like stealing the character from him for Spring Breakers. Really, I didn't know that. something like that. Yeah, interesting. I read. Have you? Yeah, James Franco. He's like he's in a lot of trouble. Have you been reading that? Not. I've heard. Yeah, I heard something about it. What it, just like harassing? Just more like women have come forward saying a lot of people have come forward saying that he was like a predator, and it. I think the big news recently was Seth Rogen kind of distanced himself, which was like a bad sign because it's like they were so kind of intertwined, right? That they're like, oh, Seth Rogen doesn't even want anything to do with him anymore. You know, it's like, oh, that's bad. That's interesting. It's weird, man. Yeah, he must. He's kind of done that guy. Yeah, I haven't heard of any like creative projects. I think well now with this one, I lately. think no one's gonna wanna. I think everyone's now everyone's terrified to touch him. I think he must have been a real dick or something, or he must have been really sleazy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's insane the number. Like it seems like if you get power, 
as a man, then you have a tendency to exer- exercise it in, a, in an inappropriate way to take advantage of people that have less power than you. But with men more so than women. I'm, I'm not saying women yeah. don't do that, but it seems like kind of innate in the male right. DNA to some extent to like abuse power once you have the right. power. Not, I mean, maybe that's an overcharacterization. I almost feel like society for a long time was just... Oh, if you get a lot of power and money, you can just kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. The question is, is that a remnant of the past? Like with Cuomo, with these 25-year-old girls at the executive mansion? Or is that an innate flaw in men that will continue to be a pervasive issue? And maybe it'll just be more swept under the rug moving forward. Like, do you think it's going to get better now that it's out there, that that, that behavior I think it'll be get better just because extent? people will, will feel like they can't get away with it. Yeah. So I think that's it's like the only way it'll stop is like if people feel like there will be like consequences. You don't think it'll follow the trajectory of like racism to some extent where it was overt and then it shifted to being more covert, but still was there and prevalent. Like the guys, some guys will just find like more ways to. I think it'll st- it'll still be around. I just think they won't be able to get away with it as as much as they um as much as they did. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know how anyone gets away with anything anymore. It's just there's cameras everywhere, and you know what I mean, like social media. And what is that? I mean, I don't. I feel like all that stuff's ruining being famous. You know, like it's getting to the point where being famous doesn't seem like a a good thing anymore because you're constantly a target, and it's very easy to target you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's almost getting to the point where like being not famous is like, and I'm like not even really kidding, where it's like. That's the only way to have any anonymity anymore is like, it's just not being famous. Cause like, I think that'll happen at some point where like there'll be a, there'll be like a backlash where people will not want to be famous anymore. You know, well, maybe not. Being famous is like passe. I just feel, I like- think the benefits of it will, will start to like dwindle like they kind of are now. Cause once that was the whole point about being famous is that the reason everyone wanted it is because it felt like you could, there were endless benefits but now it's just like oh yeah they find something about you in your past that's that's awful you know what i mean yeah there's more there's some like quote i heard about like fame is like this flaming ball of like it can be great in terms of like money and opportunity but then the flaming ball can also burn you based on your own actions or based on perceptions of you like there's a million ways think it can go wrong Whereas if you're not in the spotlight, there's less ways that you can be vilified on a grand scale, right? Yeah. So maybe it's better to not be famous. Is that what? Is that just what I'm telling myself? <laughs> well, I mean, now you're doing just fine, Danny. With your no, but I mean, something is shifting. Yeah. Occasional comedy set. What? I don't know. Though it's like it, it, something's changing. I don't know. I think I think if you're famous, you it's like scary now because they can just charge you with anything and. I mean, someone could just say something and then it's over. You know what I mean? Right. And then you're famous and everyone hates you. I don't know. Like, does that really sound appealing that there's a huge, that there's a 30% chance that you could just be ruined? I I mean, that doesn't sound like an appealing. And then I think it'll just get worse and worse. Like, Like this whole Me Too stuff and all that. It's like canceling people. I mean, it. you know, when you, when you hear about the people that are really mad about the canceling culture, it's usually just famous people. <laughs> like th- famous people are the ones most mad about it because they have to, th- it's them, you know? Right. We're all watching like it's a show. <laughs> For them, it's like, oh, my life is about to go down the tubes. But that's what I mean, though. That's what f- being famous has become. It's become like, oh, you're our show now of like, the show isn't just make movies. The show is we get to watch you really like have your life fall apart <laughs> yeah it's like going to the circus and like being in the audience and then you watch the guy in the high wire and it's like oh yeah well that's great that you're doing it and you're you have the spotlights on you but if you fall we're all gonna right watch. and there's part of you that like i don't know does it but you're watching with the thinking he might fall hoping he might to some extent isn't that half the fun of watching a tight wire tightrope act well imagine if it was a guy doing it who like was way richer than you and had a better life than you. Yeah. It was always rubbing it in your face. Schadenfreude. You'd probably want them to fall. 
Yep. But I mean, it, it was a natural progression of it because celebrity culture became so big in this country. And it was just constant, like, look at this guy. Look at these guys. Their lives are great. You know, and they'd be like pictures of them everywhere. Like, look, he's with these chicks and they're hot and his life is better. I mean, eventually good. someone's going to be like, you know, fuck this guy. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Oh, his life sucks now? Good. I don't, I'm glad it sucks. You know, I, I feel like people are so surprised that, like, like celebrities, hey, well, how come, like, you're not just happy for me having a better life? And it's like, because people get tired of that. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be a surprise to you. Like, it's like if you, knew, you know, like, if you knew an asshole, like, in school who was always, like, bragging to, to you about things, you, you hated him after a while, right? Yeah. It's like, why do you why do you get to be up there and I have to be down here? Why don't you come down here? But I also I think it's also not just that. It's like it it was the constant in your face about it. Like it's one thing if you have it, but then when you're putting it in everyone's face all the time with magazines and stuff, it's like you know, all right, I don't want to hear about it all the time, you know. Right. But that's that was like our, our culture. Like people did want to hear about it until they got tired of it. Yeah, I don't know, like. Did you see Fight Club? Yeah, I really, I like, I like that movie. I don't love it. I like it, but there's like a really good line in it that Brad Pitt says to Tyler Durden character that kind of sums it up. Where he says something like, "We were all uh, raised by, t- we were told by TV and media that one day we grow up to be rock stars and movie gods." But we're not going to be, and we're slowly realizing that fact, and we're very pissed off. Uh, like, yeah. That's a really good line, because it's really true. It's like, it was kind of, when I was young, it was like, yeah, it was kind of pumped at, out all the time. Like, hey, this is what you should be, and this is what will make you happy. Like, being like a celebrity and being this, and then it's like, finally, when we got to a certain age, it's like, oh, that's not it was all bullshit like i'm kind of pissed that they told me that all the whole time you know what i mean like right well it's like the holly it's like the narrative of a movie of like the you know the poor child that made good like you root for them to succeed so then that becomes in your mind as a normal person i i want that template for my own exactly. life then, I, then i'll be the star of the movie right i guess that's why people like relate to those like those stories because they're like well now i have a chance to do that but i don't know i guess my whole point is like it's it's not surprising to me now that that has happened because there was it's like a backlash to celebrity culture basically yeah but now celebrities are like wait wait a minute like what how come i think it's it's almost like celebrities are mad that like wait i can't just do anything i want and have no consequences like and i think you know, you're not going to get sympathy from like just regular people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then that's isolating. You're not getting any sympathy too, right? To see it from their perspective. But that's know? what I mean. That's why I think being famous seems not that appealing. Like, who would want? I mean, the only thing the reason I would think of it is like to get to like get laid or something. But what I don't know. Just go. <laughs> Just learn how to talk to women. I mean, wouldn't that be easier yeah, than just like go to a bar and be polite, or or just like figure out a way to talk to women? Like put your energy in that instead of like putting all your time and energy trying to be a fame. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like or go to therapy instead. You don't need the energy of the national press behind you to have a happy life. To have sex with hot chicks, like you <laughs> right. don't need it. You know what I mean? Like or anything that you like. I don't know. Go. Yeah, doesn't have to be fame. Did you see Get On Up, the James Brown movie? No. I think that that was a I'm not saying it was a great movie, but I thought it was a good example of, you know, he came from like abject poverty to become a global superstar. But a good amount of the movie is spent showing the struggles that he had in his life when he was rich and famous of like losing friends and leaving bands. And, you know, he beat his wife and like he it wasn't like the shining, you know, superstar glory it was a mixed bag of good and bad, you know? So it's like... I think the problem is... That it, template isn't yeah. necessarily what you think it is. What do, you, what do you think it's going to be? Yeah, and it was always presented... Like, I remember young seeing images, and it was always presented like, well, fame connotes happiness. Like, get that, and you'll be happy. And it's like, no, if you're, if you're fucked up, that's not going to, like, make you happy. It's probably going to make things a lot worse, because... 
that's why you always see these people they become famous and you know they're like young like people are young and they lose their mind because like i don't know it's gonna fuck you up you know what i mean it's like uh and then what do you do when it goes away it's gonna be awful because if you're not famous and you like maybe were like aspiring to that you kind of have to like figure out a way to like be okay with that and then that's a lot easier i think to than being something like getting famous and then it's over because then like i don't know like that seems like a nightmare to me right i think like i wanted to be i think i wanted to be famous younger but only because it looked like oh life would be so much easier it seems like the right template to have the best life right seems and then now I'm like, eh, I don't think I, it seems like it would be annoying. Well, like, when you meet, let's say that I'm sure you've met famous comics. I'm sure we both met famous comics. When you're talking to somebody who's really famous or just like, you know, at a show watching them, do you think, man, I wish that I was Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle? Like, no, those you don't guys, have that feeling. No, the, the, those guys are so <laughs> famous. I'd trade places with Chris Rock in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean,. I mean, because you get to tour see, and do I mean, big theaters and stuff. What? That's fun. You get to tour. No, and do- I, I know, but I mean, that guy w- works so fucking hard, and like, not that I'm like adverse to, but I think what it is is like people think like, oh yeah, once you get that, it's easy. But it's like, you know, getting that and staying that seems so fucking hard. Like, and I wouldn't like. I, their level is so insane. Like Dave Chappelle, like even kind of like he kind of lost his shit for a bit, you know. And I think it was because he ran into something in the end. I think he 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 his fame blew up so big, and I I don't know exactly what happened, but it seemed like he wasn't happy with what it turned what it turned into, and I think it freaked him out. And I think like he felt like a lot of pressure that he wasn't that he didn't like. You know what I mean? Like I think it became to him like. Oh, I don't like being isolated from every. I, I don't again. I don't know, but that's what it seemed like. You know what I mean? Right. But I feel like even if, even if you face some, uh, you know, travails like that, still, if you're like a rich, if you're a rich person that's a comedian, and you're not having like you know the top directors hit you up for their movies, you're still a rich person with a big mansion in Jersey or wherever. Like, yeah, that's better than. I feel like compare that to my life, like. I have this like stressful, demanding day job and I'm very grateful for it, but it's like, I have to like think about these like minute details that aren't intuitive and there's a never ending flow of information coming at me and people that are smarter than me and have more experience in these areas. And I'm always like playing catch up mentally and like, that's stressful. And I'm like, well, if I was yeah. Chris Rock, I, I could at least like pick and choose my projects and not have to do like stressful detail-oriented tasks during the day i think but i think i think they're just different i think that that's that's what i'm saying i think what happens is people think like oh once you get this it's then everything's fine but like they have them but they're like different they're just different than yours but they still have them true i should remind myself of that i think i have gotten to a point in my life where like i finally realized like no matter what happens to me if I'm not already happy, nothing's going to do it. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this is going to do it. Oh, this is going to do it. It's like, well, I already kind of, I'm going to be in charge of making me happy, not external things. You know what I mean? Like, right. But so, I would still argue that the grueling, demanding, detail-oriented day job no, is you're not right, a yeah. good thing to have if you if that's not what you want no, to do No, you're right. You're life. right. But I think... I mean, it's a good thing to have. But if you're already unhappy, having another, being famous, isn't going to be like, oh, I'm so... I mean, you might... I don't I mean, I don't know, but I doubt it. But if I was independently wealthy, then I wouldn't have to wake up and start working at 930 on stressful, minute yeah. details. But you could just be wealthy and not famous. <laughs> right, right. Well, do you think like, you know... If if I'm, I mean, I would love to be, yeah, like really wealthy, <laughs> yeah, that right. that's fine. We'd all like that, but I'm just trying to think more like, than ha- famous, like what? Because what what? There's a lot of famous people who lose their money. That's got to be the worst. Mm, that's true. And I think you'd be surprised. A lot of people in showbiz don't make a lot of mo- the money you think they do. Right. I think a lot of people, you know are not as rich as you think they are. It's funny because one of the, uh, I guess I can say this because he posted on Twitter, but Matthew Broussard is a really funny comic. He posted something about, did you know that you can have over 500 W4, W2s? I forget what it is. Like, or yeah, w- when you get paid for one job and still make less than $40,000 a year. And it's like, 
oh, that sucks. You're, you know, like, I, I, maybe so he was So was he kidding. kind of saying he made $40,000? I think he was. Maybe he was kidding, but, like, it's interesting because I'm like, oh, well, I, I would rather be a comic who makes money just from comedy, but then if you're making half or, you know, much less than you would make in a, with a normal corporate day job, is it that much better actually? Actually. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, kind of, I'm honestly like just a little, little bummed out because I've been doing like recruiting for like 20 years and I'm like, dude, what the fuck, Danny? Like, obviously, I'm not going to become like Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle. No, you will. <laughs> Come on. So, how do, do, how do I just like make myself grow content over the next You're 10 years? You're asking the wrong of my life? guy. <laughs> <laughs> are you really asking you consider- me how do, you, how do you become content? I actually not, am like content? more content. I'm more than I was. Yeah. What's made you more content? I uh, I don't I don't like I don't drink anymore. I think that helps. Uh, I'm like, I've I've gotten really into like reading about stuff like like what I was talking about, like uh, self empowerment, like not self empowerment, but like um, kind of like you know what I'd heard my whole life is that the the concept of uh, outside things aren't going to make you happy. Like that whole thing of like, you know, you'll you'll have a goal. You'll be like, well, when I get this, I'll be happy. And then the thing is, like, I I listened to some interview with someone who like they were so determined to win like a gold medal or something in the Olympics, and then they they worked for years and years, and then they did it, and then like that night they were like already over it. You know what I mean? Like they were already like, well, I got what's the next thing I got to do? And it's like. So they worked years and years to get this goal they thought would like fulfill them and then it didn't. You know, it's like now I got to do it. It's kind of like when you watch basketball and like they win the championship and then immediately it's like, "Well, you, well, you're going to win it again." And it's like, "I just fucking won." Like <laughs> like LeBron James like, "Oh, he sucks. He only has four titles." And it's like, yeah, "Well, how right. many titles does it take to like <laughs> think it's he's good?" You know what I mean? Like it's like There was a story about how Bill Belichick uh he would get slightly stressed when he won the Super Bowl because that cut into the preparation to get ready for the next season that other coaches didn't have to deal with. Right, exactly. So it's like there's never – I think I finally – it's all like a shell game. It's like you're not going to get one thing. And I, I had that mentality for so long, which I think most people – because we're like groomed on. It's like what we're told from day one. It's like you got to do this and then you'll be happy. And it's like work all your life for this and – what about what about Tom Brady? Let's say that Tom Brady was the third person on this podcast and he was sitting here right now and I was like, Tom, obviously you have the better life than me. You know, you're made to yourself, you have all these titles, you're you seem to be content and wise with your life and you make good decisions with your career. Like what would wouldn't I want to trade places with you? Do you think that he would come up with an argument why I should re- keep my life? Like what do you think he would say? I don't know. That guy seems kind of like a dick, right? <laughs> Does he? He's probably I don't I know I'm basing that on nothing. I'm basing that on like he Envy? seems like annoying. What envy? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, like everyone. I don't like him, but only because I mean, not that I didn't like him, but it was just kind of that thing. Everyone kind of turned on him because he kept winning. So it was like, you know, it was what we were talking about. It's like it's when you, when someone just keeps winning over and over in your face, you're like, or you just keep seeing it. You're like, all right, well, it would be nice to see this guy lose once. Uh, but I wasn't like I didn't really hate him or anything. Um, I Do mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a all? lot of people. What? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you struggle with envy at all? Oh yeah, totally. My whole life, I have. That's like been one of my biggest problems. I've gotten better in it, but yeah, that's that's been like one of. I think it's one of people's humanity's biggest problems, right? And especially commute in showbiz, it's really hard not to be because you're just surrounded by people doing better than you and like telling you all the time now with social media it's a nightmare right so it's like my company uh i guess i can say it i've said it before i work for etsy and we had a talent show today you work for etsy yeah oh, okay um and the, they had, it was like a virtual talent show and it was great and a, lot, a lot of people for etsy's based in brooklyn so a lot of the people are live here so i so they were inside their apartments on these videos and every single apartment was nicer than my apartment and so i was like what am i doing man why am i living in the lower east side in the studio shouldn't i just move out to the burbs and then i'm like well danny but you also gotta think like i get to do like comedy and i have like a great social fun scene around yeah. me all the time like 
you know, the, and they're different people than me. Like, that, that's the yeah. life that they chose because that's what they enjoy more. I, if I traded places with them, it's not t- who's to say that I would be happier in the bigger apartment not doing what I'm doing. So I have to keep, I would probably have to remind myself of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's that. It's hard not to be like, well, I want that. That's nice. I want that fucking house. That's nice. Fuck. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I feel like that's the constant, uh, that's the constant struggle I have. I've gotten better at it. Like, I try to stay off social media a lot more and, I can see through social media a lot more than I used to. Like when I see posts, like I try not to post that much, but when I do, it's not like, "Hey, look at I'm look at my great life." It's more like, "Oh, I like this picture. I'll put it up." But it's like when you see, like, <laughs> this is a thing that just annoys me so much on social media. It's so transparent. Like when celebrities die, and then people post. A thing like they're sad about the celebrity dying, but they turn it into like a story about oh, them. I literally saw that yesterday. And how great they are, you know. And it's yeah. like, do you really think no one is seeing through this? Like, yeah, this isn't that you were a fan. You miss them. It's it's a chance for you to tell me you knew them. You know, like that's Paul Mooney annoying. died yesterday, and I saw a post like that. Yeah, I saw like a bunch of them. It happens all the time. And I had a thing recently. Someone died, you know, like, <laughs> like I I talk about this all the time. So I was on the Oscars when I was a kid, and um, because I danced on the Oscars, you know, and like the guy, the choreographer, who was the reason I did that. It was me and like a bunch of kids. It wasn't like yeah. me just doing a dance alone. He died like a week ago. Someone messaged me that he was kind of like a famous choreographer. And I had like a second thought of like, oh, I should post like me on the Oscars and be like, Jacques Dumboise died and that's his name. And I'm so, you know, he was so great. And I was on the, and I was like, well, the only reason you're doing that is to show you were on the, you know what I mean? It's like, just fucking get, don't do that. Right. Like it's lame. Like, oh, he died and reminded me of one of the peak experiences of my life. Let's, let's, talk about that for a second and the thing is it lo- it would have made it would have made sense to do that i mean because but at the same time it was like i'm only doing this to like get attention you know so like i was kind of happy like i didn't really think about doing it but i was like i i thought about it for like a minute i was like yeah i don't do that that's fucking stupid yeah exactly this is a bit of a side trail from that but not maybe not because i was watching the lakers warriors play in game last night and then they were doing the sideline reporting or interviews afterwards and it reminded me of that TNT or NBA analyst Craig Sager. He always wore the colorful uh, suit blazers, suit jackets. Yeah. And he was like a famous guy and he was well loved. Like LeBron loved him. And I mean, he was like a a very well loved and respected um, institution in the NBA. And I I was like, I think he died. And I looked it up. He died in 2016. That guy died five years ago. And it's like, would I want to trade places with Craig, Craig Sager? Well, he's been dead for five years, Danny. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't play trade places with, like, Prince because he's dead. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I need to focus more on, like... Yeah, not being dead. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. You know? I, I like, know it's, like, simple stuff we're talking about, but I think it's it's just important. But to, like, who knows? I mean, I know, like, mentally. Paul Walker. That guy had, like, a blessed life. And yeah, exactly. Mean, but You want to trade places with Paul Walker? But no. it didn't really... If you knew how his life was going to turn out, would you rather that life than the one you have? No. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't either. So, like, what? I'm sure that he had some delicious meals at some great Hollywood restaurants with models on his arm or whatever, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, that that's the whole thing is, like, that's not... I don't know. Like, I've gotten things that I wanted, and they then I was always like, eh... I mean, I liked, I was happy for a little bit and then it just, and then I wasn't happy pretty fast. So, right there. I mean, you know, there were times in my life where it's like, I probably looking back, I was like, oh, I probably was really happy, but I don't think I really was at the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, if you're, like I said, if you're not happy, like, you know, you already, then, you know, it's like, that's something I've struggled with a lot of my life. Like not being happy (laughs) i think it's what a lot of people have you know it's part of the human condition right yeah but that's another thing i think you have to also accept like your being alive is not going to be fun a lot of the time you know what i mean Mm. it's not that's why people are always like what the fuck i'm not 
I'm not happy. And it's like, yeah, but that's kind of what, you know. That's kind of what this is. Life is sort of not ha- fun and happy a lot. Sometimes when I'm working during the day, I'll think about like somebody on like, isn't like Santorino, like a Greek island? Yeah. I'll think about like wealthy people vacationing at that moment, which I'm sure they are on Santorino with things being brought to them and like taking a nap and having a great day. And I'm like, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. But like I've, I've gone on vacations like that where I'm like, oh, this is great. Like. I'm just going to do nothing. It's really nice. And I'm in like this nice play. And I'm like, yeah, but it's boring. Yeah, dude. I literally was looking back at some old pictures today. And uh, I was texting somebody. I was in Miami for most of the month of February. And I was texting somebody. I'm like, I like Miami Beach, but it's also kind of boring because I was there by myself. I mean, I had friends How come was down it? sometimes. It was fun. I, I, I was working. I was taking my job really seriously. My boss was kind enough to let me go down there. But I remember thinking like a lot of Miami Beach is just couples walking around. And if you're just down there to work and you're not there with your like girlfriend or boyfriend on vacation, like... It's not. It, it, it's nice, but it's also not as fun as being here, where I have like a broader right, circle right. of friends, yeah, to run around with. Yeah, that's so. Uh, even yeah, even the idyllic paradise, you know, can be fraught with peril. But then, <laughs> and then also, you hear you know these celebrities that, who have everything on the outside, they like kill themselves. Like what? Like Kate Spade, Kate Spade. and the guy. What's it, the guy? The chef guy or? Oh, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, like that guy killed himself, right? I don't yep. know. Like what? I always thought that was weird too. It's like some tech exec in Soho killed themselves, too. but then like what? Some tech exec in Soho killed himself a couple years ago. Yeah, and it's like, but no one on death row kills themselves. Like th- it seems like that those guys should be really unhappy. But like, there's a guy on death row who's like, "We're gonna kill you in like three months." He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play this out." <laughs> right. But like well, Anthony Bourdain was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm gonna stop." You know, it's like, but the guy in Death Row is gonna play it to the end. Well, I don't think that they allow you the means to kill yourself when you're on Death Row. Right? I know, but I think you could figure out something. You could probably. One time, Zach said he would just like bite his wrist open. I'm like, dude, you, what? <laughs> Relax, bro. That sounds so not <laughs> like something anyone could even do. <laughs> yeah, that's he an said awful he would bite his wrist open. Yeah, so- that's a I'm like, dude, that's disgusting. Sorry, I Has brought that up. Has anyone ever died that things. way? God damn it. Has anyone ever died that way? Oh, my grandmother Probably. died. What happened? Uh, she bit her wrist open. <laughs> oh, my God. All she right, bled to death. I know I brought it up, but I hate it. <laughs> it's my fault. Sorry, I'll stop bringing it up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. What, were ta- uh, what do you think about when you're in the shower? I'm not being making a stupid joke. What kind of shit? Um, when, you're, when, you're, when, you're left, when your mind is left to its own devices... Where does it go? Well, you know, I meditate a lot now, and like, so I've been noticing, and that's what they 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 talk about a lot is like, I mean, you probably do it too. You seem like someone that would meditate. I have, I don't do it often, but I have. I do it a lot more now, and you know, the whole thing is like, you know, doing it is like you 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 become aware of thoughts that you're always having, but you're not conscious of. So it's kind of weird because you get to hear things you're thinking constantly, but you're not aware of. Which is very telling because you're like, oh, I'm saying that all the time and I don't know it. That's really bad. So when I'm in the shower late, like sometimes I'll like be talking to myself about something, like something that happened. And I've had this recently where I stop and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what? why are you thinking about that? Like something happened like 10 years ago. And I'm like, you're like here in the shower now, like just something negative from 10 years ago yeah like someone's you know something happened that was bad and yeah i'm still kind of processing it i guess ruminating yeah and so like i've been better at like not get because in meditation they say like you can have the thought but just don't follow it like it's like a cab that you just don't get into Mm. so i've had that in the shower lately where i'll be ruminating and then i'll stop and be like why are you going down this path like this came up in your mind, but you don't have to fucking let it just just let that thought go wherever the fuck it wants to go. Just don't take part in it. You know what I mean? I really like that metaphor, like some some dirty, gross, beat up cab. But next to it is like this luxurious Lamborghini where you don't have to drive or just, just even like one? cars going by that you don't need to go get in and go into the go take a trip with. You know, you just kind of like, all right, drive away, you drive away. I'm not part of that. Yeah, that car's not going anywhere good. Yeah. Or even if it doesn't even have to be bad, but it's just like getting lost in like... Because a lot of times it'll be like, what's going to happen tomorrow? What are you going to do next week? 
well, oh, that's gonna happen. And you're like, well, I mean, I don't. You know, and you'll, I'll be, I'll be doing that a lot in the shower. Like, well, next week, oh, I'm worried about this. I was like, but I'm not. I'm in the shower right now. What am I? <laughs> right. I'm not bombing right now. Like, if like if I'm worried about a show, like maybe I will bomb. But with me being in the shower right now is nothing. To, like, why am I making myself bomb in the shower right yeah. now? Don't borrow trouble. Yeah. Why? Why would you bring a future problem into your? current moment yeah but it's like so hard not to you know like right because we get so lost in it and then like that's why meditating is good. i think meditating is good because it gets you more like oh wait i am thinking that i should stop thinking like or not not stop thinking it but like not get caught up in, like it's it's good at showing you like these thoughts you have they're, they're not anything they're just a thought yeah they're not like a thing they're not like true, you know. Yeah, they're not like a lamp, right? They're also like I don't have to. Li- it's kind of like hearing someone lying to you and just be like, I don't believe that, you know. Like, it's just someone saying lies in your head all day, and you're like, but you people believe them, you know what I mean? And it sounds like you're you're good at uh, self coaching. I've read a lot of like those books, like because I've like had a lot of like issues with stuff like that. Like self-loathing, you know. I think most comedians do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you do, but I think a lot of sometimes. I think a lot of people who go in, who try to go in entertainment to get attention, have a, a degree of self-loathing. That's why they're doing it. They, they want, didn't get something young. And the it, positive attention they can receive from an audience may distract them from the inherent self-dislike that they have. It's kind of like getting outside validation that you didn't get like it's kind of it's really funny when you think about it's like oh my dad didn't show me affection so i'm gonna try and get the whole world to like me (laughs) yeah (laughs) that seems easy that's like a fucking quixotic journey right right? like oh wow that's a really easy uh plan yeah i'll just become like famous so that everyone loves me because this like why don't you just talk to your dad (laughs) or like or go to therapy you know i had that thought like in the last 10 years where i was like well maybe instead of like chasing after fame like why don't you just go to therapy Mm -hmm. like that probably would help be like would probably help you not be obsessed with certain things yeah it's like the what's the the greek uh god that has to roll the the earth up a hill and then it falls back down the hill atlas yeah that's just like punishment or whatever yeah yeah you're never gonna the audience is never gonna take away the the problems you have inside right the the ball is always gonna fall back down to the bottom of the hill yeah and 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 someone's not gonna like you at some point yeah and someone else is gonna come along that they like better and i i saw that young when i was doing comedy like um like I, I didn't know it when I was young doing comedy when I started, but looking back, it's like there was like a pro there was something was off. That's why I was doing it. And then like I had a couple of situations where like, you know, you'll meet women in comedy. Like sometimes there'll be these women who like are into comedians. And I had this happen like twice two or three times where like because I was a comedian, they were into me, but then they started sleeping with someone else who was maybe like a little who was beyond me who was more successful more funny and that just made you know the whole thing was like oh this is playing making me feel good because this woman's showing me attention but now that's just been negated because now she's with another guy who's better than me or in my mind i thought was better he's more successful than me do you see that as a repudiation of your own value yeah then i felt worse than i did at the beginning you know what i mean like oh my god i'm nothing like what was i thinking like she's like she saw who i really was you know and then you're thinking his life must be so much better than yours right back to the earlier point and then that guy has another guy who's beating him yeah exactly and someone's sleeping with the other guy that he wants to sleep with you know like any girl that like there are definitely like women i like had slept with in the past who like i wasn't that into but I guarantee you there were a lot of dudes who wanted to be sleeping with her. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I just really didn't care. Just like how I wanted to sleep with someone else and she was sleeping with someone who didn't give a shit about her, you know, like so It's like that phrase like there's always greater and lesser people than yourself, like no matter what. Even if you're the CEO, you still report to the board of directors. Yeah, like even I think I, I forgot who I Like like I said, you're never gonna get like like George Clooney is probably 
jealous of someone hmm. on some level. I guarantee you there's some of the George Clooney's like, man, I wish I was like that guy. I guarantee it. That'd be interesting to hear. It would be, I bet you would question. be like a great director or something. It True. Would, it would be a talent that he felt like he well, he didn't have enough of. Maybe something else he wanted to do as a like, kid. Like he, he probably loves like Kubrick or something. And like, it's probably like, I, I mean, I'm totally making loves this what? up. Stanley Kubrick. Oh, Kubrick, yeah. But I, I guarantee, because yeah, I know George Clooney probably, I think has directed things and he's like, not a very acclaimed director, but I guarantee you he probably is like, oh, I would, if I could be anything, I could, I would be that. Right. I mean, I'm sure he's happy. <laughs> yeah. He seems happy. He seems like, he seems like a person that's got it, not, maybe not f- completely figured out, but like, I think he's got a, he's got it about as figured out as you can have it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to be pretty wise. Like when I read interviews with him, I'm like, oh, I can learn from this guy. He doesn't come across as pompous or, I think he's just like, Smart, but I would almost guarantee he was guy. a guy that was probably happy with himself before any of it. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah, I he seems like a guy that would have been happy whatever happened to it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, but do you feel lacking? Do you feel that if you yeah the next ten years of your life go by and you don't like accelerate your career? I'm not saying you have a bad career or anything. I'm saying if you no, don't I if do. you don't accelerate well past the the mark the point. I already went through that for years, so like I think that's you don't feel like you need to churn to get to the next no. level in either your corporate lawyer life or your comedy life to be happy and content. Definitely not in comedy because I feel like I don't. That's not even like a. I I went through that I think years ago when I was like more newer in comedy and was kind of doing more and I was like I. And I, that that's when I was the most unhappy is when I was like, I have to get to this level. And then like, if it didn't happen, I was like, ah, oh. cause that's another thing I've read a lot about. If people get caught up in like, I have to do this or I'm not going to be happy. And once you start putting like requirements, like I have to do this, that's when you unconsciously start resenting and getting because when you have like these demands on yourself, there's no room for anything else. So you can't be open to like anything else happening. It's right. Like, I have to get to this level. Like I didn't get there. Oh, well then life is worthless. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's not, that can't be true. <laughs> this idea that, yeah, this idea that things outside of your world or your career or industry are better in some way. I listened to an interview. Howard Stern was talking about this uh, on an interview. I was listening to, same interview with, with Seth Rogen. He said that, He's like they were talking about how crazy Hollywood is, quote unquote. And then uh, Howard said that he talked to some attorneys, and they were like, "Oh, it's not just Hollywood. Like we have crazy people in the field of law just as well as people. Like it's all field. It's people. Yeah, it's people. Yeah, it's just entertainment is like magnified. It's, it's in yeah, it's it's in your face. People can are watching it, and also like it's full of like extroverts who are like trying to. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's more like, yeah, it's like amplified. Yeah. I guess. I, I don't. It's definitely, that's definitely the case. But also, we, we're not as exposed to other industries or fields besides corporate recruiting and law. So we don't necessarily see that, you know? Do you want to wrap it yeah. up? Yeah. No, no, no. I was just looking at my, um, I, yeah. And I think, like you were saying, I think um, what happened is uh, I, I definitely don't have that attitude anymore of like i have to get this or like it's going to be miserable because it's like that's never worked for me so i think now i'm more like well i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that i can't control what happens you know but, what i mean like all that stuff that i got worked up about was completely out of my head. that's another thing they throw at you all the time young is like you can do anything you want if you say your mind I hate like that that's not true not true at all that's completely i think we've talked about that yeah but there are things I can't do no matter what I do. Yeah, you're not going to fucking scale El, El Capitan. Right, I'm, or like, Capitan. but also like... Um, fuck you. There's so many things out of my control that like... no. There's a lot of things that if if I work hard, the hardest, if I give, you know, whatever my all, 100%, there's so many factors I can't control. You know what I mean? Like what... So that's a bullshit thing that they tell you like you could do anything you want. it's like no that's no and i think like it took me a while to feel like oh wait actually that's all bullshit because then like people if you say that people are like yeah but you're just lazy it's like no no 
<laughs> I read this quote from Jim Norton, and he was like, I know that I am always working on new stuff. If you're working on new stuff all the time and working hard, it should work out. And he goes, a lot of it is luck. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like mostly luck. And I think, but the thing is, I think people don't want to believe that young because yeah. that's kind of, because young, when you're young, you want to believe I can do anything I want if I just put my mind to it, you know? You don't want to hear that it's a lot of it's luck because that doesn't sound, it's, that makes it sound like you have no control, which you don't. You can make progress down a certain path. Who, nobody's going to say you're going to get so X or Y, Z far down that path. Right. You can also establish a sense of discipline and rigor in your life and then apply that towards any pursuit. You know, right. that maybe that's the real value of thinking you can get to a peak is the discipline that you're going to have to infuse into your life on the path to that peak. Maybe that's yeah. the real value, right? I think, yeah, I think there's a different. I think you can work really hard at something, but, you know, as long as you're, you know, when you have expectations of like, if I do this, then this will happen. You you don't know what will happen. So that's a ridiculous thing to like say, like, and that's kind of, you know, I, like Buddhism and all that is about that, like letting go of what happened, just being, and I almost, I, you know, a lot of times in my life when I've, not worried about something all the things that maybe are you know good things or big things in my life were usually when i wasn't concentrating on them you know what i mean when i wasn't focused on like i have to get this it was usually out of the, out of the blue when i had not when you're not like hanging on to it or something but the, see does that imply a sense of karma which i don't believe in karma so i don't know if I, i'm with you on that one no, no, not karma. I think it means like if you get too obsessed with what you want, it's like the universe it gets further. It's kind of like if you're obsessed with a woman who's who's kind of not giving you attention, you just keep going after her really aggressively. It's like that pushes her away more. It's like okay, yeah. it's like that with the universe with other things where you're like so focused, I have to get this. It's like the universe is almost like it's like it's like you're repelling it somehow. Yeah. But when you kind of just relax and let things go however they're going to go, that's when it drifts into your that's what I mean. Like when I wasn't ups, like it was more when I just like relaxed and go, but it was like when I was like, you know what? I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. This isn't working out. I'm just going to take a step back and not give a shit. Right. And then finally it was able to like come to me. Like women, I've had that happen with so many times with women when I've like been into a woman and then like they blow me off and then I time goes by and I finally just forget and then they contact me. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's like the it's like a universe thing, like energy thing. I know I've talked about this so much, but like that Bill Murray quote, it's really like the kind of like the load star of my life because when he says uh the more Anytime, all the all the successful people I knew in any, any realm of life, whenever they were in a difficult situation, they just relaxed. It's like the more relaxed you are, the more slowed down, the more you became available for something else. And I honestly think about that all the time. And like, if I'm stressed out at work, if I feel like I'm in a conversation with someone that's smarter than me or that knows more than me about a particular subject. I start to be like, Danny, you're not going to understand what they're saying. And then you're not going to have an answer that makes sense to them. And then I'm like, no, Danny, relax, slow down. Just actually listen. Don't, don't burn up 20% of your mental energy self critiquing yourself. Spend 100% of your mental energy listening to them in a calm way. And then you're going to have a better response that it works every fucking time. Yeah, he he strikes me. I, I like, I know. For, I, I've in interviews and stuff. I think he's like very into like Zen Buddhism. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of that. like Buddhism stuff, like like references in Caddyshack and stuff. Really? Huh? Yeah. There's one part where Chevy Chase is talking about. He even says, "Don't be, don't get obsessed with your desires." Really? And Bill Murray has something where he's talking about the Dalai Lama or something. Oh yeah, um, I remember that part. But. He seems like when you think about him, everyone loves him, and I think it's because like his energy is very much of that like, ah, oh, whatever. Like he doesn't seem like he. Bill Murray never seems like he's trying hard. Yeah, that's why I think everyone likes it. Like he's very like you know the dude it's sincere and, to not phonally. Yeah, he's not phony. Like phony. He's just kind of yeah. he's not pushing anything. Um, like the dude in Big Lebowski, he seems almost like that kind of a guy in real life. Like the dude was just like, yeah, whatever. And also, like Bill Murray's so like, 
you know, I think that's why he he translates so well on film and stuff is like he's just so relaxed on film and you know, he never looks like he's really he looks like he's one of those guys who looks like he's not doing anything. Yeah. Like Lost in Translation is a perfect example uh, or broken flowers. Like a lot a lot of times he's just kinda like sitting there. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't but it's do riveting. But even his comedies, way. like he doesn't really look like he's doing I you know, obviously he's like one of the greatest of all time, but um do you, I just was watching the movie Stripes the other day. You know that movie? Yeah. Have you seen it recently? No. I think I've seen it, but it's been a while. Do you remember the scene? It's like the big scene where Tom, he does... Th- this is not going to appeal to my Generation Z audience. I'm the Stripes? What? No, but there's a scene where it's kind of an iconic scene where he does like... Uh, he leads the platoon in like doing like a, a, a regimen. Do you remember? You know what I mean? Like they, It's like a graduation and they're like, you know... It's like a choreographed thing they're all doing. Okay. Like, yeah. One, two, huh, you know, like yeah. with the guns. And he's, like he's, a march. In, he's in front of them. They're doing like a presentation of Present- like whatever okay. they're doing. And um, he's like in the front. He's like, hey, razzle, dazzle, one, two, one, two. But like that's that scene is like amazing. Like it's like I've never, you know, what I mean, that's such a rare. Like so few people could pull that off, you know, have that charisma to do that. It's like a very. I feel like it's more impressive than people like even give it credit for. I couldn't see so many comedian comedy people. I couldn't see doing that the way he did it. What could the charisma charisma in what way? Just like naturally, just like, like a natural charisma and like yeah. comfortable and relaxedness oh, okay. in the middle of this insane. Because he they did it in front of like hundreds of people, you know, and it's like this choreographed, like very like complicated choreographed thing that he's the head of like i couldn't imagine me doing that like you know what i mean like i'm funny but i don't think i have the presence to do that you know like um to be that you know and that's like what all but everything but comedy that's the main obstacle of comedy is it's such an it's like a very like it's fraught with tension and things can go bad but you have to be relaxed that's what's so hard about it dude i've been doing it for fucking i know i've been doing comedy less long than you but i've been doing it for like 11 years and I still, every time I listen to my set, I'm like, Danny, slow down. Yeah. You're, and I'm also like pushing my words together because I feel like, because they're all staring at you, that if there's any silence, they're going to get bored. But that that's not the case. Like you you need to let them hear each word individually, not be like, hear each word individually. You know? It's like, yeah. why am I still doing that this deep into comedy? Because <laughs> I'm not completely relaxed. Well, that I've, that's always been my great. I think it's a big obstacle in comedy, but uh, it's always been the thing I've my biggest obstacle i think it's everyone's is just being this like relaxed in a very unrelaxable situation that's true and i get very you know i get nervous like easily and anxiety and so it's it's it helps to some extent you don't want to be like a a, you know sloth ball up there you do need to have be on edge a little bit but not to the point where you're talking too fast yeah yeah like wow this guy's so relaxed (laughs) That's Don't sel- wake him up. Right. That self-coaching thing, I just I was just thinking about this because I started a new, a new job fairly recently and I I feel like I have a tendency to um over-apologize of like, "Well, I'm sorry if I messed X or Y up because I'm new." But then it, it, you almost get to a point where it's too um like self-deprecating or like it just becomes not that lack of confidence doesn't read well and it doesn't it doesn't give the p- person you're talking to confidence in you, you and mean, it also makes them feel talking- bad for you. So it's like you can only like shit on yourself so much before people are like, no, no, no. You know, then they feel yeah, like you're yeah. like you're a little puppy that they have to pet. You mean like doing stand up and doing stand? No, I mean like in the like your do- like day job. Like oh, in your if day you feel job, yeah, that you're yeah, not yeah. as competent as you should be. Like yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I suck at this. I'm sorry, I suck at that. And it's like you, yeah, you can't really do, that, do too, that. People do that too much. Yeah, when people do that, it gets really, really uncomfortable. Right, you can be honest and say hey, I'm not as well versed in this as I as I should be or will be. Yeah. But you can't just keep going back to that and being like sorry if I screw that up. Yeah, there's a fine line there's too much like yeah i i've run into people like that you're like just stop yeah (laughs) because then it's a burden on them to like pull you out of this little yeah no one wants to like be you don't want to be like someone's project like they're not there to make you feel better yeah it's weird it's like you have to have the confidence even though you don't have the confidence to spare the person you're talking to the burden of pulling you out of your little doldrums right right which is kind of a, a tricky thing to like learn, you know? 
But it's important. Yeah. It's important because you don't want to burden the person you're talking to. Yeah, even people to do that work. a lot where they just start, in a, and not even just in work, in, any, in yeah. any situation. Like they just start telling you things. I feel like that happened to me recently where someone would just start telling me and I was like, okay. What do you mean? Like just spilling like their things guts? things about their life that I just was like, I don't want to hear about that. Um, just too much. It's a burden. Right? Yeah. yeah. I have a joke about that where people start doing that. You know, you meet them and they're they're like, you're like, hey, they're like, hey, my friend killed himself. <laughs> you're like, like, dude, I'm just getting a coffee. No, and then I go, I'll, I'll have a Whopper. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, that 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 happens a lot. People are annoying. Most people are fucking really annoying. <laughs> do you agree, do you agree? With, do you actually agree with that statement? That most people are annoying. Most people, you think over fifty percent of the people on the planet are annoying. Fifty, yeah, de- yeah. <laughs> You're like it's ninety-eight, Danny. Fifty. That's like fucking being generous. Um, well, that's a dismal view of I humanity. Think people in general just kind of annoying, especially nowadays. Yeah. I think it's more to do with American culture too. I think it's like uh, an American thing. Just very, everyone's entitled and like. Just everyone, th- you know, everyone thinks you want to hear what they have to, th- what they think, and most people have bit dumb. I, I said this to someone the other day. I think that's why I did ended up doing the things in my life I did was because, like, I feel like I kept listening to people and I, I saw what people were doing in their lives, and I was like, that looks awful. Like, I don't want to do what they're doing. Yeah, you know, the things that everyone said I had to do, and I was like, well, that doesn't look fun at all. Like, I like things. I'd be like, I'd, I'd be miserable doing that. You know. That was very prescient of you to figure that out at a young age. Well, I think I think there were a few things. I think I was the youngest in my family, so I think that helped. I think when you're the youngest of like a few kids, you yeah. they're not paying attention. I think they're by the time you're around, they're like, look, good, just good luck. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant you could witness the mistakes of your older siblings. Well, you can see that, but also I think a lot of times a lot of the attention is on the first kid like a lot of times i think it's like we're gonna put everything into this one so a lot of pressure is on them to do something that so by the time with me i felt like they were just like well you know they still i still had pressure but less yeah like they still had two other kids who were like doing what like successful things so i could kind of be like oh well that's cool that you like just want to do that you had more like leeway to find. I think so, a little more the path yeah. you actually wanted to go down. That's why I think they say a lot of comedians are usually the youngest in their family. Huh. I think that might be a little bit why. I think it's like a few things, but like I felt like a lot of attention was on my older sisters, so I could kind of like. And I mean, again, I think that's why I ended up doing it because a lot of the attention was on my older sister, so. I was like, well, someone's gonna, someone's gonna see me. Mm. You wanted a, a unique way to showcase yourself. Yeah, it was like, well, if you don't see me, then the world will. <laughs> but that's a bad plan to be like, well, the world's gonna make me happy. <laughs> oh, you're re- you're resentful that your older sibling was getting more attention. It was like an act of revenge to pursue show business. I don't think it was like it wasn't like a conscious act of revenge, but I think it was like maybe young. I didn't get attention that I felt like okay. I wanted. That makes sense. But I think that's why that's why I said earlier. I think that's what most people who do stand up, like people, especially people who do stand up, I think grew up not being seen enough. Yeah. Because if you were seen and were okay with that. You wouldn't go out of your way to do stand. Stand-up's not a natural. It's it's like a scary, hard thing. Yeah, it's a crazy, and it goes bad a lot. So to keep doing it after all those things, it's like something's wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Something is wrong. But something's. Why off. are you doing this? Like it's not not like everyone's crazy who just stand up is crazy, yeah. but like you, there's something. There's a vanity to it. Yeah, that's true. I said that at New York Comic Club the other day on stage. I was like, this, this, is, this is insane. Why do I get to be up here with a microphone and lights? Like, what? Shouldn't I just stop doing this? This seems, this seems too vain. Well, and also, like, I had so many bad experiences. It's like experiences that a normal person would be like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. But I was like, I have to keep going. Like, why? Because you want to get great, right? 
I, yeah, you I did get so. great. You're a great comedian. Yeah, people say that. I don't, but I don't. You're think, definitely I a don't great think comedian. That's true. I do. I've seen you just destroy many times. No, I know. I think I'm, uh, yeah, but it's like weird. It's like sometimes I think I am and then sometimes I think I'm awful. Well, that right? probably is part of what contributes to you being very good. Yeah, I think that's, the, people are usually good at something or usually don't think they're that good at it. Yep. Right? I think that's a big, and so that's why I think, because there's other things where I'm like, I'm really good at that and I'm not good at it. <laughs> 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 but the one thing that I'm like, yeah, I'm not that good. It's like, yeah, you're probably that's probably what you're best at. Yeah. Well, you also put the most effort into becoming better at stand up, so then you have a greater chance of being good at it versus other pursuits that you're not trying as hard to yeah. to master. I definitely think I did get to a point with it though, where like I did get addicted to it. It 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 is addictive. Yeah. That's the problem. Once you once you do well a little bit, once you get a taste of the juice, it's hard to get out get away from it. I once interviewed Jim Gaffigan, and um, he made that comment. He was like, "Like stand-up comics, like have to do stand-up, no matter what level they're on." Like when Seinfeld went back to stand-up after, you know, and everyone was like, "Wow, he's doing stand-up again." And Gaffigan was like, "Well, yeah, like he he can't not do it, like, right?" Well, yeah, and once you know what it is to be to be having a great set and connecting with the audience, like that's that's such a rare occurrence in society Life, yeah yeah i know i know so you it's know. like but it's weird because it is like drugs because like i'm addicted but i hate it most of the time which is kind of how like addicts talk about their thing like heroin acts like i hate that i do heroin but i can't stop doing it that's kind of how i feel about stand-up like if you don't get up for a week if you don't perform for a week it's like a coke hangover <laughs> I mean, like, I haven't performed in about a week, and, like, I feel okay, but, yeah, I definitely... Well, you're shitting the bed on this podcast, so I don't... I know, I know. But, the, you know, doing but doing podcasts does help you fill that a little Dude, bit. Dude, I really think podcasting makes you better at stand-up. It I think does, yeah. For me, I'm not saying I'm better at stand-up because of podcasting, but I think that I, I have a more of an ability to express a, bo- a broader range of ideas in a concise manner Yeah. because I podcast twice a week. If I didn't do that, I don't think I could express as many ideas articulately and concisely yeah i've I, I definitely I've, I've definitely written jokes while podcasting yeah definitely right it's kind of like talking out loud and so you'll be like oh and then like somebody will curt you and you're like oh yeah all right i think the recording is ending which is a good cue for us to wrap it up thanks for listening to the fucking pods you gins right tommy yeah Should we say our handles thanks buddy uh at tom mccaffrey um, on Twitter, and then at Tom McCaffrey seven seven on um the other one <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> that was the most lackluster <laughs> credit reading I've ever heard in my life. I'm Danny Palmer NYC on Instagram. Peace.